Oh yeah. Welcome to Talkin' Shift. Presented by Nashville Restaurant Radio and sponsored by Neat Mixology. You are in the mix. Who's ready to talk some shift? Tonight we're going to be joined with two people whom I think are absolutely amazing. T-Roy McFarland, the unofficial Lord Mayor of Germantown. We are also going to be joined by Corey Coleman, who is the Director of Operations for all of the Corner Pub locations, as well as Esquina Cantina. And today on this episode, you're going to hear our number two. In our number two, we discuss Anthony Bourdain's book, Kitchen Confidential, and we ask some questions, and we get some answers, and we tell some stories. Nathan Gifford joins us from Gifford's Bacon, and he tells us some stories that are guaranteed to make you fall out of your chair laughing. Uh, He is an amazing individual for coming on the show. Jordan Williams from Neat Mixology in WEC Nashville joined us in the first hour. So if you want to listen to the first hour, it is out there. You've got to go to our YouTube page. And you can watch it. It is not going to be available on this audio. This is just hour number two, which was an absolute freaking blast. I tell you, <laughs> this is one of those shows I don't even know. This is one of the funnest things I think I've ever done. Just getting to hang out with people and tell stories about working in the restaurant. I know I got to tell a few. Um, and next month, I want you to come on and tell a few. That's actually this month. We're going to be doing the next Talk and Shift podcast on August the 29th. It is a Sunday night from 9 to 11. And let me tell you, um, we have an interview coming up this Monday with Alex Wenkos. And she is the owner of Dino's in East Nashville. And she is uh, she's just amazing. We had so much fun talking to her. And she we, we talked her into co-hosting the next episode of Talking Shifts. So that's tentative. We'll see what happens in a month, see if she's still able to make it. But she is a lot of fun, and I cannot wait uh, for that episode. We also have some more, a couple other people that are going to join us on that show. They're not confirmed yet, so follow us on Instagram. Go find talking underscore shift underscore podcast, and I would love to have you follow us. And we'll be posting all of the updates. There's a group on Facebook. It is called Talking Shift. It's a group where we're talking shift. If you have stories, post them there. We'd love to have you on the show. It's just as easy as finding us on Facebook. We do the show live. We post the link. You can just join the show. Come on anytime you like. So uh, this episode is going to be a lot of fun, and I hope that um, you're able to join us next time, and I hope that you find this episode as fun as it was for us to make, and we will talk to you soon. Enjoy. Love ya. Hour number one is in the books, guys. It is 10 o'clock at night on a Sunday, and now is when it needs to get off the rails, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so we have something. I'm going to change the topic a little bit. I'm reading a book right now, and it's called Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain. 
and uh, I went to see the new movie Roadrunner right after we did our last episode. Where's it playing right now? It's playing Belcourt. at Belcourt. Okay. And it is amazing. Like, it is unbelievable. But I timed it well because I have this thing called Brandon's Book Club. And the idea behind Brandon's Book Club is I want to take people that are on my team, people in the city, and I want to bring some sort of an accountability group to people to say, hey, let's read a book every month and then let's join a Zoom call. And basically what we're doing here, but let's talk about it. And so this month is going to be Anthony Bourdain's uh, Kitchen Confidential. And one of the things that I'm really curious about, because this was written you know, 20 years ago or whatever, and uh, 94, 95, I think it came out like maybe 96. I don't really know, but I think that's when it was. And a lot has changed since then. A lot in the industry has changed since then. And I'm like, you know, three chapters in, you know, I listen to it whenever I have a few minutes by myself, but every time I listen to it, I just keep writing down notes because it's so interesting. And I just, I forget. Had you read it before? Yeah, I've read it like six times. Oh yeah, I was going to make sure. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm a huge fan. And I just, I I like to read sometimes, you know, the repetition is the, uh, the best mode of learning, right? So I have some different questions for you guys. And one of them is, is there anything out there that you would ever not eat at first, just looking at it? Is there anything out there that you're like, fuck that, I would never eat this, not in a million years, not going to do it? Or are you like me, who once the first time I read that book, I decided there's nothing I will not eat once that's edible? Like, I'm not yeah. going to eat like carpet. Kale. But like, fuck kale. anything out there you won't eat? <laughs> Yeah, yeah I mean, what's that? What's that bread? Well, what not bread? What's that fruit? Uh, uh, you can't even take it like on a on public the transit. Durian. The what? Durian. Durian. Now, yeah. Bourdain loves it. I mean, once you get past the smell, or once what do you say? Once you got past the gag reflex. Yeah, it's a rotten French. But I mean, was rotten? But I mean, like the, the the taste and texture of it. He said it was just otherworldly. But he yeah. said it just smelled like a damn dumpster fire. I I don't know. I'd be hesitant. I'd try it, but fuck, I don't know. I worked at a Japanese steakhouse back in Virginia and they would, uh, the sushi chef and one of the prep cooks always had it and they would have it in a glass pint jar and they would have that saran wrapped and they would put that in an empty four quart container, Cambro with the lid on it and plastic wrap that and put it in the fridge. You could still smell it in the kitchen. (laughs) You could still smell it in the kitchen. I mean, it was strong. Strip, strip the varnish off a foot locker. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I mean, a lot of a lot of people eat this. What was the the good uh, Andrew Zimmer? You know, he would eat you know like a, a huge cockroach or whatever. Yeah, you, know, you wouldn't do durian though. Oh, the worst one I, I know that Bourdain actually did. I think it was somewhere like in a like in Korea or Cambodia or something like that, and they were having a hard time translating what this particular animal was that they were eating because he was also talking about like the gastric distress that they would have on the show. Yeah, you know, in all these different countries, and at one point he said. This woman is like in this tiny hut, hacking away with this rusty cleaver on this animal, and nobody knew what the fuck it was. It looked like a porcupine slash armadillo slash skunk, and they called it Squeezel. Squeezel. That sounds like Squeezel. a Pokemon and character. They didn't skin it. They didn't oh, boil it. I mean, this it. bitch is like hacking this thing with the hair on it and everything. You didn't know if you were eating a lip or an asshole or both. <laughs> and she's like, "Here, good for you, good for you." And it's like this great dishwater with this like. Hairy lump of meat floating in it. Yeah. 
That's right. Okay. And Bourdain said he like shit his guts up for like right. three weeks. Like, no, not doing it. <laughs> yeah, a squeezel. Squeezel. Uh, are we playing yeah, Pokemon dude, or are we going to have dinner? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he's seriously, you couldn't tell what was a face, what was a leg, what was a tail. Oh, man. And it just looked like there's something out of a damn horror movie. I feel like Asian people, though, if if like you're if they can see that you're unsure about eating something, they'll just tell you it's good for virility. They'll be like, "It's good for you." Is it? Can I have that three penis wine? <laughs> you eat it. You know? <laughs> it's like a cobra, a deer, and a sperm whale or something. You know? <laughs> but um, All right, if you're out, if you're out there listening right now, what is the craziest thing? Here's our here's our hour number two question of the hour. What is the craziest thing that you've ever eaten? Maybe it's something that you were just like completely afraid to eat, then you ate it and it was good. Huh. What's something you were completely just like, I'm not doing this, and then we're like, holy shit, this is fantastic. Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. <laughs> You're hardcore, man. Fuck a fart making Brussels sprout. That is such bullshit with Brussels. Uh, I can't stand Brussels. Uh, I never. Oh, I love them. I don't care how many how many times you char it or how much bacon you put with it. I mean, Nathan Lee cannot make these things taste what shit. Um, <laughs> nothing oh, I really. You. I mean, I like even as a kid, I try an oyster, or got lucky enough to try like foie gras or sea urchin or something like that. And my son is the same way. He's not afraid to really at least give it a shot. Talk about yeah. escargot. Oh, escargot! I do like escargot. Oh, oh, oh yeah, we went to we went to a place in Belmead, and this is the first time my son had a uh, had escargot. Yeah, I was going to say he had four of them. Never took one bite. He just like threw it down the back of his neck hole. I was like, "How in the hell do you even know what it tastes like? You have to have to like, chew it. It's like pinching your nose and, and closing your eyes and swallowing an oyster whole. That doesn't count." <laughs> That's what I do every time I eat an oyster. Really? I can't stand them. Can't stand them at all. Like none of them. Can't stand what? Oysters. What? I see. Okay. So this this is a, this is a thing. It'll be a problem, Brandon. Um, I'm trying to. Courtney says uh, Rocky Mountain oysters, which of course are bull testicles. She said they weren't good, so disregard. But that doesn't mean you still didn't put the balls in your mouth, Courtney. Hey, you got to do it once, right? Have you ever? You may had Rocky Mountain oysters over here. Everybody's been to college. Actually, yeah. I've had, I mean, I, I'm from the South, son. I've had uh, pig brains with scrambled eggs before. Yeah, every time there's like one of those lists that like, have you had, um, <laughs> Courtney says, I put the balls in my mouth. <laughs> hey, she's number one and number two for the top comments. <laughs> yeah, she's killing it. Where, where are you guys out there? We got a couple people that are ruling the show here. We need you. If you are listening to this, we need to see your comments. Please put them in the side, join the conversation, or click the link and join the show. Um, so with the book, there's a lot of other things that I have been wondering about. And um, there's here's here's another um, a moment. Anthony Bourdain talks about he was a, a hotshot kid at this place called uh, Mario's and he comes in and he's all, I'm badass. I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. And then he, uh, he's in the middle of a shift. He's working a broiler shift and he burns his hand. He grabs a pot and burns his hand and it falls to the ground. He's like, Oh, ah, ah, and he starts screaming. And then he looks at the broiler cook and he says, 
Do you have a Band-Aid, maybe some burn cream? And the broiler cook, without blinking, reaches down, picks up the skillet that burned him with his bare hands, sets it back in the broiler, all while looking at him directly in the eye, the whole time going like, you little punk bitch. Because oh, yeah. everybody in the entire restaurant, all the guys that were working there, completely yeah. just started howling and just completely wearing them out. He said, I've never felt more embarrassed in my entire life. But I mean, I think in that moment, there was a huge, huge learning experience. And it got me thinking, what's a moment that, has, was there ever a moment in a restaurant that you did something that you just felt like, that did you have that moment where you're completely embarrassed in front of the entire restaurant or in front of your entire team? And what was it? Well, I can. Well, tell Corey, you, you got to go first. <laughs> I'll, I'll go first. I know. I know. Probably the worst night I had. I was working the grill at Whitfield's. In, oh yeah, uh, Bell Mead. Working the grill there, um, and it was probably my I don't know fourth night on the grill, but my first Saturday night, and so. I'm just sitting there and, you know, the first like two hours crushing it, just sitting there like, all right, we're doing all right. You know, I can handle this because I was a little nervous walking in, but I had that chip on my shoulder too. Right. So we get to it. And so that kitchen was one of the smallest kitchens I've ever worked in. Like probably the frame of my screen here is what it was. And you had tiny. Yeah. You had, you had five guys in this place, like literally doing this to give plates back and forth between saute the expo, the grill guy, and then set up over here. So it's just like, I mean, you know, you're used to that already, right? No, I'm doing fillets and it's just like they're rolling in. I mean, the tickets are just coming in. So I'm sitting there on fillet and trying to keep my temperatures correct when I'm putting them on my pie tin, turn around, drop a fillet. Pissed off. Like we are in the middle of it. And I'm, I'm like, that's going to put me in the weeds. But all right, unwrap another one, put it on. Two minutes later, pull three fillets at once, turn on all three of them. On the, I, I turn same time expo turns, we run into each other, fillets fall on the ground. And I was just like, all right, uh, the night's over. You know what I mean? And everybody's looking at me like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Who hired this idiot? Yeah. So I'm just sitting there like literally. Just put some plates on the floor to catch it. That'll do it. Yeah. But what do you do other than put four more fillets on and suck it the fuck up? But, I mean, that's probably one of the moments where I was just like, I've almost ruined the night single-handedly, guys. Don't worry. That's what I'm here for. Thanks. <laughs> it was, You know, we pulled ourselves out of it, and they helped. The, the three others pulled me out of my weeds. Thank goodness. But that's Are you one entertained? You look, you look down, and you're just like, I, I can't even say sorry right now because that doesn't mean shit. I'm just going to put more four more fillets on and suck it up. Hmm. All right, T-Roy. Oh, God. Um, I think one of the uh, – well, I've done a lot of stupid shit, but, I mean, like, this is one of those, like, when you first get started, like, when you're doing, like, full service um, uh, as, as a server. Um, for whatever reason, I had it in my head that I had to hold these tickets, you know, not putting them in, like, at certain times, but also – um, you know, like pacing it out or whatever. And dude, I like totally drilled the kitchen on a Friday night and all this shit came out like way, you know, stuff started coming out on top of each other. They got like 60 orders at once. Nothing's on table out. section. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, they didn't have enough table space to hold all the shit. I mean, these people had like plates in their laps and stuff like that. I was like, what's the problem? You know, but yeah, 
Hey, you got all your food. Very timely. Well, yeah, like you got all your shit, but they got it all right now. You know, <laughs> but I mean, but none of the, but I thought about it later. I was like, shouldn't the guys in the kitchen or the expo caught this? You know, it's not like 60 people just walked in the building and sat at a five top table. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we both kind of, you know, screwed the pooch on that one. <laughs> but yeah. That, oh God, I can't really think. No, I've been pretty much perfect since then. So yeah. I never, I never. Yeah, the Lord Mayor better be perfect. <laughs> I was yeah. allowed one mistake and that was it. I, it's a real tough one for me too. I don't know if I ever had like this one like really, really like moment. But I remember I was uh, waiting tables at Amerigo in Brentwood 2001. And um, I had a, I had a one, two, I had a nine top. That walked in on a Friday at five o'clock. Okay, walked in Friday night, five o'clock. I had a pretty big, I had a big four table section. We had to put two of my tables together for this nine top. It was three adults <clears throat> and six children. Did <laughs> you not? They split a early bird dinner between the three adults. They had they had one glass of wine that they poured into three glasses, and all the kids had bread. Right? Yes. This, this is like a fifty dollar tab. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it, was, it was like a twenty one dollar nine top. <sighs> it's Friday night, and it's now seven thirty. They've been camping for two and a half hours with a twenty one dollar check, and uh, and I'm them back. I mean, there's got to be more to this, you know. I no, so I make like my thirty seventh visit by the table, and I'm picking up. We had olive oil like on these plates. And like one of the kids was like in a high chair, like wearing this little dress or whatever. And I picked up two like app plates in one hand, you know, like hey, just like the dress and poop. I tell the guy, I go, okay, guys, um, uh, anything else we need? And the guy goes, hey. And I looked down <laughs> and I spilled the entire olive oil right on top of this baby's head. And it was just dripping all over this child. <laughs> And I just started laughing. Should have threw it on the grill. So I just started laughing so hard. I couldn't even handle it. I was just like, oh, my God. And the guy's like, get your manager. And I'm like, gladly. I'll be back. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'll comp your $21 table. I going to say you should we'll have told them 20 bucks if you leave right now. But they did. Yeah. They left right away. It was amazing. And oh, we have shoot. another guest who's jumped on. And we have, we, have, uh, we have people that have told actual stories here. And I really like it. We're going to get to those. Um, Nathan Gifford. Here we go. Where is he? Come on, Nathan. We, we're missing you. We can't see your video. I can see you in the green room. Can you hear us? He must be. Uh... He's probably doing the same shit I did last week. Uh. Oh, <laughs> hold on. Here we go. Let's try this. <gasps> hey, Nathan. What's going on? Hey, you man? We are I joined know, now by. Hijack your podcast. Hell yeah, I love it. What is going on? Doing, Nathan Gifford has joined the show, the uh, the man behind, in the namesake of Gifford's Bacon. I Welcome. only do podcasts lying down in my bed. That's the best way to do them. This conversation yep. has got a whole lot better. Okay, it what's did. <laughs> Here, I'll so, <laughs> what are you guys? What are you guys talking about? We were talking about you. We we're talking about oh, the most really? embarrassing moment in a restaurant. <clears throat> by oh, so anything you did that was very embarrassing that uh, maybe you learned something from. Oh, wow. There's a lot of those. Well, first of all, I have to say um, I'm a huge fan 
of both of you guys. Like uh, the uh, Corner Pub, is that right? Yes. I, yeah. So I was uh, – I don't remember what restaurant I was working in, but you guys used to show UFC fights. Yeah. Uh, and – I didn't even, I had no money then. And so, but you had, I could watch them from outside of your, your restaurant because it had the big glass and I would just post up right there for like three hours. Drinking a, yeah. drinking a beer out of a brown paper bag, watching UFC. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Drinking that yeah. drinking yeah. old English out of a paper bag. OE 800 going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> something. Uh, Man, most embarrassing uh, restaurant moments. God, I have a lot of those. Uh, one time, I got fired for uh, huffing whipped cream cans in the in the prep area. Doing whippets. <laughs> yeah, whippets. <laughs> that was awesome that you got caught and fired. You knew you're going to get fired anyway. Me, after they caught me like twice before. Oh, this is the third time. Like, yeah, third this is like time. the third time. They were like, all right, that's it. We've had <laughs> now you're counting the other 14 times they didn't catch you. Well, oh, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. You, you know, the, the chef was like, I'm going to catch this bastard doing this. I don't know which one. I know he's here somewhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's going to get whipped cream cans. They keep being empty. He's going to get whipped cans. In the movie, in the movie Waiting. Remember the movie Waiting? Uh, yeah, yes. yes. The girls trying to Nick do dog dessert, and, uh, and Nate Dog and the other dipshitter in there just high yeah. as fuck, eating like a whole head of lettuce and doing whippets the whole time. Uh, like, uh, uh huh. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's a good embarrassing story. Nice. Oh, there's there's more. Uh, okay. I'll tell you. We're it's pretty late night, so that's okay. We could we could go this far. We could go deep. I think we're yeah. okay. Uh, one time I was working at a fishing camp in Wyoming, in Pinedale, Wyoming. And I was a junior cook, you know, guy a long time ago. And I, uh, my buddy got me to, uh, it, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, you do just about anything for fun. There's not a lot to do. And in Wyoming is, is really out in the middle of nowhere. And I, ex I experienced these things called gypsum seeds. You ever heard of gypsum seeds? Uh, <laughs> wow. No. Yeah. I should, I should, but I don't, not ringing a bell. Uh, well, it's like nature's form of acid, maybe, uh, all right. mixed with uh, some sort of like ah uh, some sort of hallucinogenic type of weird i mean you go into outer space man i mean you are not, not beam, man yeah <laughs> you are not when you take those things man you are not on this planet for a while and i had to work like i had to be at work at like four in the afternoon and my friend uh uh, we had taken him and he had already like bounced off into nature and I'm left by myself. And I mean, you, you are not on earth, man. I'm telling you, I, I went to work somehow. I found myself going to work and I walked, I crawled in the back door of the restaurant crawling. <laughs> I was crawling in the back door of the restaurant. I <laughs> was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, Hey man, uh, are you seeing all these rabbits everywhere? <laughs> you know, kill the rabbit. Kill the yeah, rabbit. And, and, I mean, they were as real. 
They were as real <laughs> as they. I mean, there was hundreds of them everywhere. Everywhere, man. Are you guys not seeing these? And that guy's like, what have you been doing? And I'm like, I don't know, but I need a cigarette and I need to get the hell out of here. And they're like, yeah, you're getting the hell out of here. You're going home. And I'm like, I'm old school. You know? And, uh, yeah, I crawled back out of that restaurant. Do you mind Uh, if I take one of these rabbits with me? Yeah. Yeah. So. (laughs) Can you imagine? They're all over me, man. Can you imagine like opening the back door and having Nathan crawling in the back door? Oh <laughs> like, man! Dude, what yeah. are you doing? Like, I'm here to work, but why are there all these rabbits? I mean, I, I don't know how I would. I don't know what I would. I don't know how I would respond to that. They were like, "Yeah." I let him hang around for a little while. I mean, I make sure he didn't hurt himself, but I mean, keep him around and see what other kind of shit he would say. Then yeah, I would yeah, send him home. Yeah, oh, they're yeah. everywhere, man. We have a, a, a special tonight. You have to catch them, and then we're gonna cook them. Yeah, yeah. These little dragon so, rabbits running around, breathing oh, fire. Man, there's, there's so many of those, right? Like so many of those stories. Like the, I was talking to some uh, younger guy uh, that is doing pop ups around town, and I'm like, man. Uh, and then I'm gonna leave. What I'll I will let you guys talk. Uh, and get back to your podcast i'll leave you with one one last one this is a big one uh but i was so amazed that this kid didn't have any of those type i go man you've never went to work after being up for three days and hanging out with bikers and strippers and you know uh, what's wrong with you no like i go work out in the morning and i'm like what are you talking about uh, we back in the nineties, man, we, we worked hard and we showed up every day, but I mean, as soon as that we clocked out of there, it was game on. And, uh, we, I tried to drink every drop of alcohol in Texas. I about got her done too. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't yeah. Know, that's what the cocaine was for. <clears throat> oh, I had a great time. Oh yeah. yeah. I was told I had a wonderful time in the nineties. Yeah. I heard it was awesome. Oh, yeah. They could drink. Yeah, they were like, you have had enough of the 90s. You need to keep walking. You need to go take a nap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this one last one, man. And, uh, you so keep coming, baby. I love it. Yeah. I was in I was in Denver, Colorado, and I was like a, uh, like a you know, basically like a homeless uh, punk rocker kid, you know? And uh, and my buddy got me this this job at a restaurant on the 16th street mall. It's not there anymore. They just closed it down called the Paramount cafe, but, um, it was a big box restaurant that, uh, that served like 500 for lunch for the powered lunches and the office workers and everything. And, uh, I got a job there, but I didn't have anywhere to stay. So my friend, uh, get loaned me a tent and I knew this girl that worked at the hotel across the street and she worked in the uh, gym there, right? She was like the towel girl or whatever. And uh, she gave me the key to the roof. She had a, somehow got a hold of a key to the roof. You put a key on the roof. And I, I mean, this is a hotel, like a downtown hotel, like 50 story, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. I, I pitched a tent on the roof and and I across from the restaurant and I worked there for two until I got my first check. I slept on that roof for like, oh man, I must have like almost three or four weeks. I think I slept on that roof and, wow. 
and I would sneak down to the gym and I would, uh, I would sneak into the shower, you know, take a shower at the gym hotel that she was working at and then go to work. And one time, uh, I was sleeping in the tent after I crawled up to the tent about four o'clock in the morning to, uh, go to sleep after partying. And I woke up and there were like noises, like a, a camera or something. And I was like, what's going on? I, unzipped the tent and there were like these models on top of the roof and they were having a photo shoot on the roof <laughs> and they didn't have my they didn't see my tent because it was like behind the air conditioning unit and i crawled out of my tent in the morning and was like hey what are you guys up to and they're like what the fuck <laughs> and i don't believe it this coke down hobo was sleeping on the roof trying to attack us <laughs> it was like a Full on, it was like a full on photo shoot. Uh, yeah, and I'm there, like, like and that's how I met physical somewhere. Yeah, and I'm in my boxers, like coming out of my sleeping bag on this roof. Talk about pitching a tent. Yeah. I wonder if the photographer just didn't didn't lose focus and just started going right in on you. And those photos got published somewhere. They're or somewhere. As they yeah, are somewhere. Yeah. They're probably I'll in a Ladyboy magazine in Thailand or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. After you'll well, make up Ladyboy. Yeah. Hey, hey, they were really cool about it. I remember that photographer being like not even phased. He was like, hey, man, how's it going? And I'm like, yeah, I just work across the street. Don't mind me. I'm getting ready for the lunch shift. So they didn't out you to the hotel or anything? No, I had it all. I got it all hooked up, man. I had it all wired in even back then, dude. I, I was just, I found a way, dude. I had, yeah. I made friends with all the workers that worked at the hotel. They all knew that I was up there. Yeah. And they just let me chill up there. Just I won't say that's not any problems. Why not? Some <clears throat> gypsum seed and have your little pet rabbits in your tent. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then sleeping on the roof at the tent across the, so when people are like, dude, I don't. I can't make it to work because I got this. I can't. I don't have this. I don't have that. I'm like, dude. I don't want to hear nothing. Uh, you get you your ass. Hey Nathan, did you ever put that on any of your resumes that you were a hobo rabbit wrangler? <laughs> I've I, I probably. I don't know if I ever had a resume. I don't think no, I've ever right. had a. Resume. I haven't filled out a sheet of paper in like a hundred years. I don't even know what that would be like anymore. I have no idea. I'll just be like, listen. Uh, Lock the whipped cream cans up. I'm here. <laughs> Let's get on with it. Yeah, Brent, hey, Brent Blake says, uh, the beast this shit out of a van down by the river. There you go, Brent. Well, I've stayed in a few of those, too. <laughs> you get a so, much cooler breeze up on top of a building, though. Yeah. Nathan, what, what do you got coming up here, man? Let's give you some um, oh. plugs. What do you got coming up at the, uh, at the, the warehouse? Try not Bacon, to. Bacon Central. Try not to get picked out, run out of town. Uh, no, uh, you know, I think we're going to have some parties there soon. We're talking about some major parties, I think, soon. Uh, I spoke with my friend Jason Gallez that runs Muddy Roots Festival. See, I told you, you got to get some real, you could do some legit stuff over there. I think we're going to do some bigger stuff in 2022. There's talk of some like major bands playing at the at the bacon shop so that's cool uh i don't know i'm Tell not me like cage the elephants can be playing bake the bacon shop 
right? Uh, maybe some bands from Seattle from the 1990s. I'll Holy say that. shit. I am so in. Yeah. yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Pearl so, Jam. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm just going to make bacon and try not to ever, ever work at a real job ever again. It's Gifford's Bacon Tiny Desk uh, concert series. You know what I mean? <laughs> they have to play in the smoker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> they have to play in the smokehouse while it's on. If you're listening to this, go follow uh, Nathan. That's a dumb idea. Gifford bacon, and he will post all of the cool shit that they're up to. Not if you fill the smoker full of peyote first. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I won't be out tickets for that. So let's let's, let's, you know, let's let's make that happen. Let's just keep the good ideas rolling. Right. Let's go. All right. You are well, hey, you have a good night, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to bed because I'm old. The most relaxed guest in the history of talking shit. I hope you like. I hope you like sounds games. Hey. Sounds games, yeah. Uh, word we have a thing at the sounds game tonight. tonight. Uh, yeah, the uh, Baxter from the Catbird Seat. Yeah, yeah. Is right. the Bam the Bam Box, and we made some hot dogs for him. That was Sunday night or tomorrow night? Tonight. Oh, it's right, like just yeah. a little bit ago. Yeah, oh, I yeah, didn't go yeah. I sure. mean, I don't go outdoors very often. Well, the the hottest take of the night, the best story of the night, gets two tickets to the to a, a home sounds game right behind the sounds dugout, first row. And oh. uh, while Courtney Page Cox has had some great stories to add on our comments, I have to say, crawling in the back door, hundred uh, percent on basically peyote or whatever it was that you were taking <laughs> in the, the rabbit story. Had, to me, that's the best story so far tonight. So I, I'm going to put you on the front running. Well, I appreciate that, but I tell you what I'm going to do. So I could pretty much go to the sounds game whenever I want to. Uh, so how about we give those tickets to uh, the most – you guys figure it out, and uh, you can give my tickets away. How about the Courtney? All right. Well, we got some – we got some, we have some other comments. We're going to read some other comments here, yeah. and we'll make our decision. Nathan is Thanks, deferring Nathan. to the next person. Yeah, I'm just giving I, – I want him to, to go to somebody who wants to go enjoy the game. Um, I'm really I, – I, if there was an Olympic gold medal for relaxation, I'm your guy, dude. Yeah, you don't look too stressed out right now, Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is basically me baseline. This is my baseline like every moment of the day. Plus, when he goes – when Nathan goes to the sounds games, the ice cream shops don't let him anywhere near there because they got all the loot cream cans. Mm -mm. So. Yeah. I'm supposed to throw out a pitch at the, the sounds game next season. No yeah. shit. Yeah, cool. He's the man. I'm telling you. Cool. Hey, man, you guys take it easy. I'm gonna go hang out. All right, Nathan. Thank you, Nathan. Nathan. Bye, brother. Hey, See you later, too. brother. Later. That is too damn that funny. Was, that was a treat. <laughs> that, oh, wow. That's exactly what I want this show to be. I want yeah. more yeah. people to jump on and tell those stories. And Nathan's a good guy. Nathan's been sober for years now, also, and. um He's awesome. Like I, I, when I first went down there to the bacon shop, middle of the pandemic, and he was doing a podcast, and we just talked. He's like, "Brother, I just want to, I just wanted to meet you, and I just wanted to get the whole thing going." And had him on the podcast. He was so amazing. And then he's just recently been throwing these parties. He goes, "I got this amazing spot in East Nashville. 
we're going to start throwing parties and we'll just have people come. It'll be a good time. And I uh, absolutely love that. It's really cool over there. Actually, he let, um, let our CDC, Corey, um, some of the sausages and stuff that he was making, um, hang his, some of his stuff over there that he could cure it. And also after the tornado um, the other year, um, he gave us some of his uh, cooler space so we could like save some of our stuff and not like totally waste it. Yeah, he's an awesome guy. Real cool guy. Courtney has also, she has conceded. She said, yes, I, there's no way you could have beat that story. Uh, but there's, <laughs> there's you can still remember that story is impressive. When Corey gets back, I guess Corey's uh, taking a bio break. This is a long show. He did chug a huge bottle of water. Yeah, he's let's, been see on, water. let's see what's on his wall. Does that say Tony, Tony, Tony? I see Gary Clark. Ben Harper. Um, the John I don't know if Tony, it was Tony, Tony, Tony. Um, Tony, Tony, Tony. Santana. You got the John Butler Trio. Street Corner Symphony. I've had Jeremy Lister on the show. Good dude. I met him. I actually booked him for a gig at a, at a festival I did one year. So we oh, were, my goodness. That's better. It was like yeah, we're, we're just uh, reading all the stuff on your wall. We're, we're reading your posters. Oh. Yeah. Right, so we got some comments to throw in here. Jordan Williams uh, said, four top decades ago, four tall draft beers. I bring them in on a tray, take the first one off and set it on the table, and the other three beers tip over and drench everyone in Bud Light. <laughs> I was serving for a total of six days, and they were bikers. Oh, the look on my face had to have been priceless. Everyone was super cool. Grabbed new beers, and life moved on after so many apologies and maybe uh, a sneak round of shots. Hey, it's not a party until something gets spilled or broke anyway. So that's yeah. true story. Brent Blake says, I was standing to the side of a four-top range and stirring a huge pot of soup for a banquet. Burner was full bore. I feel heat and look down to find my apron on fire. I panic, can't get the apron off me, finally <laughs> laid down on the floor, you know, stop, drop, and roll to get the fire out. Never heard the end of that shit. <laughs> so I don't even know if Brent wants me to call him out, but I'm going to do it anyways. He used to, he was the former um, executive chef of Dream Catering. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, Dream catering with uh, Becky over there. With Becky, yeah, yeah. Um, Brent Blake was he had another one. I was helping out as a back waiter at PF Chang's in Cool Springs. Had a huge tray of food going out of going out to the table. This grandmother was walking this toddler around the restaurant in the middle of a busy service. She was bent down tying the kid's shoe. I didn't see out of them. Tripped over grandma and spilled egg drop soup all over the kid. I was ready to quit. Did the kid get hurt? You can burn people. That's That sounded dangerous. Uh, Courtney Page Cox with another comment. She says, I spilt two ramekins of ranch over a newborn's head when I had my first expo job at a Chili's in Chattanooga. Hashtag kindred souls as I spilled olive oil mixture all over a baby's head after a table been camping for two and a half hours. I'm going to say it was by accident. <laughs> that the uh, the olive oil got spilled over that child's head. The table did immediately get up, and I started to reseat my section again, which was amazing. Okay, I did forget this one when I first started waiting tables. I did. Um, there was a Catholic church about three blocks away, oh, and usually right. the priest and a, a couple of others would come in and like have a cigar and a glass of whiskey on the back patio or whatever. But they brought the nuns in one day, and it was one of my first days serving, and I spilled lasagna on a nun's lap. 
all over the big white thing in the front and the black. And she was just so sweet about that. Luckily, you know, she probably had 14 layers on, so it didn't burn her or anything like that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, did, I did. I totally forgot. That's like the, and I've been mortified of spilling anything on anybody, but of course I would do it to a nun. All right. But you are talking about like the most embarrassing ones. And I just thought of this. Oh God. Um, this, uh, and this is, this is recent. This is like six or seven years ago. Uh, this chick I knew, I would go around and like help people either open restaurants or um, like try to see if I could help one that was already been running for a while or something like that. Sure. And uh, it was this girl I'd gone to high school with. Uh, she and her mom had had a place and they, and they bought another one, but they were having a hard time like getting people or keeping people or, or whatever. And it was like this comedy of errors to, to get to get them rolling or whatever. So they had me in action. I was helping them do the back of the house kind of stuff. And I was managing, helping this and that, and whatever. And, you know, had like eight irons in the fire at one time. And I look around and I was actually, I'd run a few minutes. I was running late to work because I was actually, they called me to like stop at Kroger and pick up some stuff or like tomatoes or something. I, shit, this is so bad. I get there and I'm hustling around and I'm doing this and showing the guys, you know, make it like this and put it over here. And I'm doing all this other stuff. And I look down and there's a pair of boxers on the kitchen floor. And I thought somebody come through like with their bag and like change clothes. Like, Who in the fuck drops their underwear in the kitchen? This they were fucking, they were mine, dude. Uh, I'd taken my pants out of the dryer when I left. And yeah, like there was a pair of my boxers that were stuck on the inside of the leg. And like halfway through the shift. So I just looked down, I just grabbed it with a pair of tongs and threw them in the garbage and whatever. And she's like, Freaking, like, what's that? I was like, I don't know, we'll worry about it later. We'll worry about it later. And then finally, I was like, we probably need to get rid of this son of a bitch. If he's that stupid or somebody's going to be such an asshole to throw a pair of underwear in the fucking floor. And after about the third or fourth trip by the garbage can, I looked down and they were totally mine. I did not tell her for like six months. Did we ever find the guy whose boxers those were? We need to reopen that. I said it was probably that idiot I fired the other night who couldn't find his ass between a hole in the ground. So, yeah, it was probably him. But, I, yeah, I told her about six months later that it was totally me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good story. Um, moving on with Anthony Bourdain's stuff, we've been talking about Anthony Bourdain's book, Kitchen Confidential. Reference a time he had a very embarrassing moment in the kitchen. It changed his life. There's a there's a chapter in the book, and he says things you never do at a restaurant. And uh, I don't have them all, but there's a couple things here. And I was hoping maybe we could solicit the audience if you want to come on the show the link is in the comments page go check it out i'll put it up here again if you want to come join on the show and you would like to tell us your stories um just click the link and you can join the show just like these other like nathan gifford and jordan williams so things that anthony bourdain says things you never do in a restaurant is order fish on mondays that's true. Because you go to a restaurant, you're fish on Mondays. They probably got the delivery Thursday. So the fishmongers would catch the fish. They bring it in on Thursday. The market is open Friday. It's closed on Saturday. <clears throat> so the fish is usually caught on Wednesday, Thursday. You're getting fresh fish for the weekend. By Monday, whatever you've got in your, your cooler, you're you're pushing. You're going, hey, guys, we, we got some whatever it is. Sell it fast. The so best we don't thing have we got. If they're doing a gumbo or a paella or a bouillabaisse. Exactly. Yeah. He goes, the, the seafood frittata at brunch is the scariest <laughs> fucking thing you've ever ordered in your life. The Mahi Po Boy is the best <clears throat> thing you've ever made out of the Their kitchen. Their flounder fingers are badass. You <laughs> 
He says, I would never order mussels. Uh, he goes, unless it's from a chef that I know personally. Yeah. Never going to order mussels at a restaurant. He says, uh, I'd never eat brunch. He goes, brunch is the worst shift. It's the shift that they take all the bullshit from the week that they didn't sell. They throw it out there. He goes, plus you're working with the B team. He goes, the A team's working Friday and Saturday night. You never put your A team on Sunday brunch. Sunday brunch is the is the B team. You're getting all the leftover shit from the weekend. Never go eat brunch. And then he goes on a rant about vegetarians. And he, <laughs> and he goes Actually, on a rant. I got the beef tartare the other night. And she loved it. <clears throat> well, there you go. So my question to you and the people out there is, what are things you never do if you're a guest or or if you're even working in a restaurant? What are some things you never do in a restaurant if you're a guest? Like snapping, right? Like that's something you just never do. You never snap at a waiter. But what are some other restaurant rules that uh, we could talk about? I don't like it when people wear hats in restaurants. Honestly. All right. Uh, well, it kind of got burned. One of the first places I worked when I was, when I was in fine dining, the old man was very old school about that. And he'd walk yeah, up to a table. Yeah. And I actually, I did this not long ago because uh, some, you know, they, they were cool to play with. You know, I wasn't being rude or whatever. But I mean, the owner would actually walk up to him and ask him, man, is, is your head cold? And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, I don't like people wearing hats in my restaurant. And he said, well, if I don't wear it, I'm not going to eat here. And he said, well, you got a lot of places to choose from, but not here. But I mean, they were very, very old school about right know, stuff like that. You know, um, they had jackets. So you were asking about the backwards hat. With yeah, the, uh, I mean that that yeah that, that bugs me anyway. But um, Chad, Brad, sorry for Brad, Chad, Tad, yeah, Brad, Chad, Tad, State rapist code. Yeah, and sorry to anybody who works the brunt shift. You are the eighteen. Okay, you are the eighteen. Uh, yeah, I wasn't agreeing with Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. Well, he's right now. Yeah. Right I mean, now, our A team is working. They had to work that weekend. Boys. Either they're not there, or they're hungover as shit from the night before, sweating it out. Yeah. What say you, people out there listening and watching? <laughs> what is some? What is just a huge no-no? What is a restaurant rule that uh, the people need to know? My wife doesn't let us. I mean, of course, I wouldn't anyways. But she, she's the, uh, she's the one who lays down the hammer on this one. With, you know, I'll be like, ah, oh, thirty minutes. They close in thirty minutes. She's like, no, nope, we're not yeah. going. She's Don't like, that guy. Going I'm like, come on, babe, it's just Taco Bell. She's like, no, they close in thirty minutes. We're not going. You know, here's your hamburger. <laughs> yeah. Don't walk in at five till expecting something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Maybe a whiskey drink, but. Yeah. Yeah. Drink is fine. Of course. hundred percent drink is fine. I don't drink anymore, but yeah. you got, you need to have a nightcap. Shirley Agatis says, uh, never point in a restaurant. Um, yeah. Like if you're work there, I guess never point. I would say, um, never order a frozen drink. Or sure. Yeah, restaurant. Yeah, dude. yeah. Don't walk up and be like, Hey, I was in Mexico last week. And they made me a Miami Vice at the bar. You just make you make half a pina colada and half a strawberry daiquiri, and then you just mix them together, man. Can you make that for me? Like you usually that. get, you usually get these thrown on fire on top too, please. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You usually get some Walmart fatty that took a cruise two years ago and got some pink drink with an umbrella in it. She's like, "Can you make that thing with the thing and the thing?" I'm like, "Sure." 
Yeah. I'm putting up booze in it, make it frothy enough. You won't know that. Of well, course. this is a different kind of rum, man. Okay. Well, you probably do you see like product mixes like from like downtown Corey versus like Cool Springs and Bellevue? Like the difference in like frozen drinks downtown versus Bellevue has got to be astronomical. Yeah, I mean we're doing the bushwhacker everywhere, and that's that's a great seller for us. Oh, um, you probably have a machine though. Yeah, we we have the the bushwhacker. We have our own recipe that we dump in the machine, and then that's just a it's like a frosty machine. Or unlike McDonald's ice cream machine, our bushwhacker machines are always on. Okay, I will say this: there is an addendum to ordering these particular kind of drinks. Now, if you're at the beach, yeah, have good time. That oh, yeah. that's all they're making. They've got on the beach and all that other shit. Yeah, that, that doesn't count. That's totally fine. Yeah, but like Franklin, we can't no. keep enough bourbon on the shelf down in Franklin. I yeah, mean, that's that, Corner Pub Franklin. They they run through some whiskey and bourbon out there. <laughs> I got we got a couple of comments. Courtney Page says, uh Courtney Page Cox uh says, eat blackened seafood. I love blackened seafood, but I know. Say, I know the owner. Never go eat somewhere 30 minutes till close. So that whole line of, well, I know the owner. He's a friend of mine. Like, I, you know what, dude? Everybody is. Yeah. <clears throat> we have oh, a little no, Yeah, he hired me. Yeah, that's great. If you've eaten at the restaurant 50 times in a year, we put a tag and open table that says friend of owner because at that point, he goes, at that point, you've eaten here 50 times, you are my friend. Yes. I don't care who you are. You are. You're, 50 yeah. times, you're a friend of the owner. Even if you say my name wrong every time you say it, you're still my friend. Is that I'm good friends with Tabor. <laughs> yeah. uh, is Table around? Have you, have you seen Table? These, these are the people that look for the any key on their computer. I love it. It says hey, press boy. any key. I can't find the any key. Where's the any key? Black and seafood. Um, These are, I don't know. I'm kind of mixed on that. I have had, I actually had a black and mahi sandwich that was pretty good. But I mean, you know, these are probably the same people that have the Paul Perdome blackening mixes. Yeah. I bet, I bet you 50 bucks if I went to my mom's house right now, she's probably got a Paul Perdome blackened mix from like 1991 still in her cabinet. Yeah. Brent, Brent Blake says, don't tell the damn server that you're a chef as if you're some sort of celebrity. This is probably the most embarrassing moment for me. Anytime I go anywhere with my mother, right? So if I go to dinner yes. with my mom, I hope you're listening, mom. Yes. We sit down and I'm just looking at a menu and I'm like, hey, this looks pretty good. My mom goes, what should we order? And I go, I don't know, whatever you feel like ordering. Look at the menu. And then the server comes up. She's like, hey, welcome to XYZ Restaurant. My name is Samantha. I'll be taking care of you. Hey, this is what we've got special. My mom goes, excuse me. He works in a restaurant. He's He runs, he has a, two restaurants. You should you should talk to him. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, Mama, quit it. That might be the most embarrassing moment. Every time I, he knows a lot about wine. What What wine should we get, honey? And I'm like, Oh my God, just order whatever you want. I don't know. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's like... Not, uh, it's every time we go anywhere. Yeah. It's it's a whole... Well, you know, maybe he could get you a good job. You know? <laughs> there you, go. you know, his restaurants are nice, not like this one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he could probably get you out of this shithole into a well-paying job. But okay, yeah. yeah. No, no, don't do that, Mom. Uh, I'm, I'm just gonna have water. The one that's already on the table for tonight. Thank you. Uh huh. No, please bring anything. anything else except for the check, please. Thank you. 
I'm full. <laughs> yes, I'm serve. I'm a chef. I'm a bartender. I work any service job. Now, I think that that's like one of those things that's like you see on the internet. It's like, tell me you're a server without telling me you're a server. Like, don't do all the stupid shit that the regular guests do. And that's how we go. This guy must have worked in this. They, they get it. They're not going to do right. this. One of my was that when people, you know, they're like they're in service or whatever like that, they go ahead and they just start stacking up plates and their silverware and like sticking it on the end of the table like they're doing you a favor. But it, A, it makes it look like you're not keeping up. And B, what if they stack the shit wrong and you end up dumping the thing in the floor? Because yeah. I know our, our plates are expensive as fuck. I mean, we got some plates, these tiny little things are like 200 bucks a piece. Yeah. Yeah, because this chick wouldn't had to do it for her. And I was like, okay, if it makes you feel better, but also, or if they try to hand you something and you're not on the same page and there it goes. I think yeah, Jordan, Jordan's got a good one here. He says, if you're, if you're a guest, if you're walking in and you're eating in a restaurant, don't ask, what do you want to do for a real job? Yeah. Right. So how long have you worked here? What is your, what is your real job? What do you do for a living? Like, um, this is a real job. I'm gonna, you're gonna, I'm gonna get paid with like real money. That's one of my least favorite things that I hear a server say is that it's not my real job. And I go, well, I yep. pay, I pay for a very real mortgage and very real children that run around the house with this, with this real job that I have. We're just in a different time schedule. I go to bed when you're waking up. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think you know it's those servers that sort of set up those guests to ask that question. Well, my my server the other day said this is you know their real job is this. So what's your real job? And they uh, it gets a little convoluted. There. Just make up some shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm an uh, astrophysicist. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go bicycle China next month or something. I teach Taekwondo to chimpanzees. It's not a big deal. I, I always my favorite response to that is. I manually masturbate caged animals for artificial insemination. That's just the immediate go-to. And they go, so what's your real job? You go, I masturbate. I manually masturbate animals for artificial insemination. And then I look at them like, what the fuck did you just say? And you go, yeah. I was able to, I was able to say insemination and masturbation to you in the same sentence. Tell you're me you're a, water, you're a water buffalo fluffer and see what kind of response you get. <laughs> yeah. Jordan still hanging out. If you are still hanging out, I'd love to uh, uh, researching an acting role for <laughs> You do kind of look like Jeremy Renner, Jordan. Jer I'm sorry, I'm reading comments here. Jordan says researching an acting role for Jeremy Renner. You want to yeah. be in a movie? Has somebody said that to you, Jordan? Is that a thing? No, I think that's his uh, answer to what's your real job. Oh. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's his answer. <laughs> I got it. I was, I was like, wait a minute. All right. So, um, so we're at, we're kind of towards the end. This was a lot of fun. Um, again, we're, we're still in the infant stages of this podcast. I think we got to see some real uh, flashes of excitement as far as like people coming on, we had a few guests come on the show, tell some stories, Corey, I've loved your stories. I've loved Courtney Page Cox. Jordan, thank you for coming on the show. Brent Blake, thank you for your comments. Shirley Agatis, thank you for your comments. Um, lots of fun tonight. I've, uh, 
I, I don't care if anybody listens to this or watches this. I just like hanging out with you guys. I love talking. I love talking shift. Just sitting around bullshit, and it's going to be. It can be therapeutic as well. So. Yeah, yeah, you know. You're talking about like books earlier. There, there are a couple I will mention real quick. Um, one by Jacques Pepin, The Apprentice. Um, it's about his start. You know, when he got started when he was like 14 years old, all the way up. And plus, he has different recipes throughout the chapters, like from his mother or this restaurant or this place. That one is uh, Marco Pierre White. What is it? The Devil in the Kitchen. Yeah, that kind of rivals great the, the confidential in a lot of ways. Hundred percent. Okay. A little bit lower, more hardcore. You know, um, you know, Tony was good. You know, I mean, he, he had struggles with like addiction and stuff like that. But I mean, Marco would get in there and just like kick the shit out of somebody. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's the you know you think you think. Uh, Kitchen Confidentials, you know, bare knuckles. No, this is bare knuckles dipped in glue, dipped in glass. That's Tony, Tony would talk about cutting your throat. Marco would break the knife over his leg and then beat the shit out of you with a, with a soccer boot or something like that. So, yeah. He's, he's the one that told stories about kicking Gordon Ramsay's ass because he was such a loud mouth. Did yep. you just make a Kumite reference there, Corey? What's that? Did you just make a Kumite reference from Bloodsport? Maybe. Yeah. I did. Dipping it in glue and then in glass. Yeah, I said that. I think it was honey, maybe. I can't remember what. No, the, that was uh, that was Hot Shots Part Two when uh, yeah, was, it was M and M's like the honey and then jelly beans and M and M's. Sprinkles, gummy bears, sprinkles, gummy bears. <laughs> uh, that was a fantastic movie. <laughs> oh, we're learning okay, a lot. Okay. Life, you know. Oh man, it's, it's the part do. To the uh, blood sport, yes, blood sport, man, blood sport was just the that was the Van Dam of all time. That was just the best, man. What's the one he did with Dennis Rodman? Double team. What I, I never saw it. It, it was, was a flop, but I mean, it, it's one of those ones that's so bad it's good. You know, probably got like twenty on Rotten Tomatoes, but you want to watch it anytime it comes on, like channel one hundred and eighty two. What was that movie that uh, Shaq did when he was like the superhero in the middle? Shazam. Shazam. Was that the metal? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, Shazam was Genie. What's the one he was the metal person? I know what you're talking about. Is that the same one? I can't remember the name of it. Somebody I don't think it's the same one. I'm sure it was as good or as bad. Well, actually, as bad. It was so bad it was great. I'm sure. Well, so it's time to a uh, steal. Thanks, steal. Brent. Thanks, Brent. <laughs> You knew it was coming. Okay, it was it's coming. glad that you know that that quickly, Brent. You know, <laughs> <clears throat> not watch those same trash movies. I like that. He's probably well, the I only think... person in America with a with a steel poster in his man cave. Yeah, he's like, why are they saying it's a bad movie? I liked that movie. <laughs> he's got it on VHS and DVD. Not a great. That's great. Oh man, the producer for this show is just—he needs a raise, Brandon. Okay, <laughs> he needs a raise. You like this, huh? It's so far, so good. <laughs> You're like, how am I? I got the little screens. It's, it's your turn to talk. Let's make you big. I can move I you around the whole time. I feel like I'm watching. Uh, what was the name of that? The newsroom is that the name of the HBO show with Jeff Daniels? Yeah, you know, it's like, like I mean, we're like getting it. there. <laughs> That's why I like StreamYard. It makes it easy to throw comments up there. Yeah. I had to learn. I'm a restaurant guy to learn all this stuff. You know, it's pretty impressive. So I want to send out a special thank you to Jordan Williams, not only for joining the show but for sponsoring the show. Thank you, um, Jordan. Uh, is going to help us. We are looking right now for somebody to create a logo. I like the logo. It's on this side. It's right here. 
that logo that side backwards from what I'm actually doing. Uh, it's a good logo, but I'd like to do a new logo and I would like somebody to create it. Somebody who has graphic design chops creates the best talking shift podcast logo. And we will, uh, I'll pay you $250 cash. I'll Venmo you the money. And uh, we would love to change, change the logo to something really cool. I don't know. I don't know what it would be, but I'm looking for creativity. Also, I'm going to produce this podcast. This is going to be an actual podcast. It's going to go out on the Nashville Restaurant Radio channel. Yeah. So this will be a podcast that goes out probably Wednesday. Uh, it will be released for the world to hear it. And um, I'm looking for an intro. I need an intro. I need a song. I need an intro song. So if you're a musician and you want to write a little ditty that's like talking shift, talking shift, party time, next talking time. shift jingle. A, I'm looking for a talking shift jingle. I've offered that same 250 and and the world class recognition because every time the show plays, that song will play, and I will say thank you, Cage the Elephant, for writing that song because those guys are listening right now. They live in <laughs> They're going to write it when they are in uh, Gifford's Bacon. Yeah. They're going to write it. I'm pretty excited about hey, that. Uh, 90s. Real quick, talking about Venmo, have you heard about what they're doing downtown now? Like these, you know, the chicks that, the, the hookers that show up for like the, the bridal stuff, the bridesmaids or whatever. They're actually. Yeah, they're, at, they're asking for money on in their cars on the way. They're, putting, to Ven, they're writing their Venmo on like people's windows with their finger. Like and in the dirt. Only the money. To get them to. Buy them drinks when they're out in town. Yeah, and it works. Yeah, yeah. They're saying it's a black a bachelorette party, and it's her last uh, hoorah before the ring. Uh -huh. Yeah, the Nash Bash. It's it's, it's Trixie's last bash. Uh -huh. uh, I did have some bachelorettes the other night in the car, and they said that they made five hundred dollars, and I was like, "Holy shit! You can buy a round of Miller Lights on Broadway." Yeah, exactly. You can wait twenty five minutes for those Miller Lights too. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a, a shot of Jaeger for that. Mm. I mean, my God. Mm. Oh dear God. It's not it's not cheap to drink downtown. Are you guys made you guys you guys just make mad money down there, Corey? You know, it's it's funny. Our our um split on food to alcohol is surprisingly high. We're like 65, 70% food. I mean, people come for food to corner pub, you know. I mean, we well, get the food's good. Food's really good. They come in after the Preds games, and they come in, you know, after the Ryman shows, and football season is going to be awesome for us. But um, they, they come for the food, and then they stay for the drinks and to watch the game. Well, you're one of those places that has very high-quality food. Definitely a place I send people to going downtown to eat. It's like, where should we go? Like, you got to go to the corner pub because their food yeah. is – you've got chefs that are running the, the thing. The chef owns it. A chef's the director of operations. You guys are very chef-minded. Food is is at the forefront, not an afterthought. One hundred percent. We're bringing brunch back downtown too. So nice. Excited about that. And it's going to be a good brunch, not your B team, right? We're talking A team. No, we're talking A team. We're talking Instagram worthy drinks and food. Okay, you're going to be you're going to be coming in there and and uh, leaving with a full stomach and and maybe a couple extra friends on Instagram. You know, you never know. Are you gonna have like a seventy-five dollar Bloody Mary that has like a, a a cow's leg and like a crab cake? Like, are you gonna you know those Bloody Marys that are like Cornish hen and you know yeah, like have a whole Cornish hen. Yeah. Are you gonna do one of those? Because I think that there's a place called the the Wayback or what was it called the um 
don't know, it's on 12 South. He used to have a. Oh, yeah. What was the name? Uh, I can't remember. It's like the way. Fall, uh, hurry back, not hurry back. Something like that. It's. I can't it remember. A, I don't know. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about doing that. You know, downtown is one of our stores. You know, we still have regulars there. People live in the 505 and all the buildings and then the. Sure. That work at the office buildings, but um, it's our store where we can sort of roll out some new different things and and sort of test the market, and then and then when things you know stick, we can go out to all the other stores. We're excited about we're excited about showing some new things downtown, including brunch. So, oh, I bet you got yeah. anything you want to plug? Anything you want to say? Hey, I just love being on the show, talking with like-minded people. It was uh. It was a quick two hours. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I looked up and I was like, it's been two hours. So it fast, doesn't I, it? I appreciate that. Uh, you know, we're, we're always hiring. You know, if I could give the shameless plug, Hey, anybody sure. looking for a great job as a bartender, a general manager, a dishwasher, <laughs> we, we are hiring at all times. So walk into any corner pub between two and 4 PM, uh, tell them, you know, the owner, you know, <laughs> <laughs> an and his name is table. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and we'd love to bring you onto the corner pub family. I love it. What about you, T Roy? Anything you got going on? You want to, I same Thank idea, you. man. It's like, um, you know, Nashville, it's Nashville's, a, Nashville's a cool town, you know, um, when stuff like this happens, when, you know, like tornado or pandemic or whatever flood, we always come back around. So, I mean, it's, it's, we're, we're very supportive of each other. And that's, what's kind of reminded me about this is that, you know, we can sit here and bullshit and talk about whatever, but I mean, we're like-minded in the sense of it's not just, you know, we want to, we want our restaurants to do well, but also we're part of the community. 100%. I take what we do. We all do take what we do very seriously. It's fun, but also, I mean, it's, you know, it's, to me, it's been a life call and I love it. And I love Nashville and I especially love Germantown because, well, I mean, I wouldn't if they wouldn't have made me the Lord Mayor, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's doing stuff like this is fun. I mean, it's not even like work. I mean, you know, if I get a couple of baseball tickets out of it, that's fine. <laughs> but, no, that's man, this has been a hoot. You know? I mean, I really appreciate you, uh, you asking me to do it, and hopefully I didn't embarrass myself too bad. I don't think you embarrass yourself at all. I will give shameless plugs for Nashville Restaurant Radio. Um Andrea Cherez, who is the owner at the Rose Pepper, her episode is live right now. I released it earlier today, interviewed her today. Fantastic, fantastic story. She is just an absolute badass. She's the, she's the person behind the sign. Her father owned the restaurant for forever, and, she, and he passed away, and she moved from California to Nashville to take over the restaurant in like trial by fire just like jumped in and is now seven years later, totally just running it and doing a fantastic right. job. Uh, we will be talking to, I don't know if this is your arch nemesis or not, uh, but Sam Sanchez is going to be on the show. Oh, love yeah. Sam Sanchez. <laughs> the owner of Sam's sports bars. I mean, you know, you guys arch are, nemesis. what's that? My wife worked for us uh, for Sam Sanchez for a while. So Sam is an uh, amazing dude. He's going to be on the show Friday. And then we're going to be interviewing um, the woman who owns Dino's. Oh, and yeah. I'm thinking of her name. I'm, I'm looking it up because we just now uh, talked with her. Uh, her name is Alex. Yes. Yeah, she was posting pictures over today when uh, when uh, uh, Bourdain and uh, Brock and uh, Pat Martin and Tandy were at Dino's in uh, 2012. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. That's right. When, uh, she posted like when she got her uh, her book autographed. Yeah. So what a Alex is going to be on the show next Monday, so a week from tomorrow. So we got some great shows coming up, and thank you all for joining us tonight. We'll be doing this again at the end of August. Uh, we do this once a month, and I think Tony and Caroline Galzen have already signed on to do it. And uh, we'll have some different uh, we'll have some different guest hosts. We'd love to hear from you guys again. All of you who are here tonight, go find us on Facebook. We have a group. It's called Talk and Shift. You can share these stories. We'd love to get in touch with you. My uh, my guy who was the Uber driver who works at Walmart, he's going to join us on that show. Yeah. Tell us all the theft retention stories. Uh, thank you, Nathan Gifford. Thank you, T-Roy. Thank you, Corey. Thank you, Jordan Williams. Brent, Courtney, bunch of great people. Courtney, you win the sounds tickets. Congratulations. Now you have to come to Nashville. Hey. Make a good friend in Nashville with those. You're not uh, allowed to stay in my house. Listening. Courtney, you're not allowed to stay at the house. So, <laughs> Just but, putting that out there. Stay but we'll find a nice roof for you if you bring a tent. Maybe hey. that tent he'll loan you. Yeah. Perfect. Some bunny All right, guys. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We are going to sign off. And something that I always say at the end of every <laughs> uh, Corey, she says, that's not true. I have my own room. So, <laughs> damn it. Uh, we hope that you guys are being safe out there and uh, love you guys. We'll talk to you later. Have a good night. Peace.